0: Hey guys, welcome back. So, this is gonna be chapter five where we left off yesterday from As Good as Dead by Holly Jackson. So, let's get right into it. Death stared back at her. Real death, not the clean, idolized ver- version of it. They're purpling pocket-marked skin of a corpse, and the eerie, forever-whitened imprint of a two-tight belt they must have worn as they died. It was al- almost funny in a way. Pip thought as she scrolled down the page of page on her laptop, funny in the way that if you thought about it too long, You'd go mad. We all end up like this eventually. Like these post-mortem images on a badly formatted webpage about body decomposition and and time of death. Her arm was resting on her notebook, steadily filling up with her scribbles, scribbles underlines underlines here and highlight highlighted parts there and now she added another sentence below glancing up at the screen as she wrote if the body feels warm and stiff death occurred three wait there to eight death occurred three to eight hours prior are those dead bodies A voice pierced through the cushion of her nose, cancelling headphones. She hadn't heard anyone come in. Pip flinched, her heart jumping to her throat. She dropped her headphones to her neck, and sound came rushing back in. A familiar sign behind her. These headphones blocked almost everything out. That's why Josh kept stealing them to play FIFA. so he could noise cancel mom. Pip lurched forward to switch to another tab, but actually none of them was any better. Pip, her mom's voice hardened. Pip spun her desk chair, overstretching her eyes to cover their guilt. Her mom was standing right behind her, one wrist cut. Coked against her... Wait. One wrist coked against her hip. Her blonde hair was manic. Sections folded up into foil like a metal medusa. It was highlighting day. They happened more frequently now, that her roots were starting to show gray. She didn't... Oh, sorry. She still had on her... Clear Latex gloves Smudges of hair dye On the fingers Well, she prompted Yes, these are dead bodies Pip said And why, dear daughter Are you looking at dead bodies At 8 a.m. on a Friday morning Was it really only 8 o'clock? Pip had been up since 5 You told me to get a hobby She said, shrugging Pip, her mom said sternly Although the turn of her mouth had a hint of, sorry, had a hint of amusement in it. It's for my new case," Pip conceded, turning back to the screen. You know that Jane Doe case I told you about—the one who was found by the Hudson nine years ago. I'm going to investigate it for the podcast while I'm at college. Try to find out who she was and who killed her. Who killed her? I've already been lined up in the over the next few months. This is relevant research. I swear, she said, hands up in surrender. Another season of the podcast, Pip's mom raised a concerned eyebrow. How could one eyebrow communicate so much? She somehow managed to fit around three months worth of worry and unease into the one small line of hair. Well... I've somehow got to find okay. she'd somehow managed to fit around three months worth of worry and unease into that one small line of hair well I've somehow got to fund the lifestyle to which I have grown accustomed you know expensive furniture label trials lawyer fees pip said, and illegal unscripted benzo Spins benzo dan spins. I might be pronouncing that wrong she thought secretly but those weren't the real reasons not even close very funny her mom's eyebrows eyebrow relaxed just be careful with yourself take a break if you need it and I'm always here to take if Talk if she reached out for Pip's shoulder, forgetting about the hair dye, covered gloves until the very last second. She stalled, ingering an inch above, and maybe Pip imagined it, but she could somehow feel the warmth from her mom's hovering hand. It felt nice, like a small shield against her skin. Yeah was all Pip could think of to say. And let's keep the graphic dead bodies to a minimum, yes? She nodded at the screen. We have a 10-year-old in the house. Oh, I'm sorry, Pip said. I forgot about Josh's new ability to see through walls. My bad. Honestly, he's everywhere at the moment, her mom said, lowering her voice to whisper, checking behind her. Don't know how he does it. He overheard me saying F-word yesterday, but I could have sworn he was on the other side of the house. Why is it purple? Huh? Pip said, taking a back until she followed her mom's eyes to the laptop screen. Oh, it's called livid, lividu. Okay, I had a hard time saying this. word. livity. It's what happens to the... Body when you die, it pulls on the. Do you really want to know? Not really, sweetie. I'm, I was f- figuring interest, though. Interest, thought so. Her mom turned toward the door, hair foil crinkling. She paused at the threshold. Josh is walking in with Sam today, Lynn. Lynn will be here any minute to pick him up. How about when he, he's gone I make a nice big breakfast for the two of us? She smiled, hopefully. Pancakes or something? Pip's mouth felt dry. Her tongue like an overgrown aberration sticking to the roof of her mouth. She used to love her mom's pancakes. Thick and so syrupy. They might just glue your mouth together. Right now, the thought of them made her feel a little sick, but she fixed a matching smile onto her face. That would be nice. Thanks, Mom. Perfect. Her mom's eyes crinkled, glittering as her smile stretched into them. A smile too wide. Pip's gut twisted with guilt. This was all her fault. Her family forced... Forced into a performance, trying twice as hard with her because she could b- barely try at all. It'll be about an hour then. Pip's mom, mus- sorry, Pip's mom, gestured to her hair, and don't expect to see your haggard m- mother at breakfast. Instead, there will be a newly blonded bomb bombshell. Can't wait, Pip said, trying. I hope the bombshells coffee is slightly less weak than my haggard mother's. Her mom rolled her eyes and wandered out of the room, muttering under her breath as Pip and her dad and their strong coffee that tastes like... I heard that Josh's voice sailed through the house. Pip sniffed, running her fingers around the padded Cushions of her headphones, cradling her neck, she traced her fingers up the smooth plastic of the headband to the part where the texture changed. The fr- the roughened, bumpy sticker wrapped around it with. It was an "A Good Girl's Guide to Murder" sticker, with the logo from her podcast. Ravi had had them made as a present when she released the final episode of season two the hardest one to record yet. The story of what happened inside the old abandoned farmhouse, now burned to the ground. A trail of br- blood through the grass that they'd had to hose down, sorry, hose away. So sad, com- commenters would say. Don't know why she sounds upset, upset, said others. She asked for this. Pip told the story but she never told, really told the heart of it that it had broken her. She pulled the headphones back over her ears and blocked out the the world. No sound, only the fizzing inside her own head. She closed her eyes too and pretended there was no past, no future. It was just this absence. It was a comfort, floating there free and untendered. But her mind was never quiet for long. And neither were the headphones. A high-pitched ping sound in her ears. Pip flipped her phone over to check the notification. An email had come through. The form on her website, the same message, again. Who will look for you when you're the only... Oh, dang. Who will look for you when you are the one... Who disappears from anonymous 987 654321 at gmail.com. A different email address again, but the same exact message. Pip had been getting them on and off for months now, along with the other colorful comments from trolls. At least it was more poetic and refreshing. Reflective than the straight-cut rap threats. Who will look for you when you are the one who disappears? Pip stale, stalled her eyes, lingering on the question. In all this time, she never thought to answer it. Who would look for her? She liked to think Ravi would. Her, par- her parents, Kara, Ward, and Naomi, Connor and Jamie Reynolds, Ned Silva, Detective Hawkins. It was his job after all. Maybe they would, maybe they, no one should. Stop it, she told herself, blocking the way to that dark and dangerous place. Maybe another pill now might help. She glanced at the second drawer down where the pills lived, beside the burner phones, under the false bottom, but no one, she already felt a little tired, unsteady, and they were for sleep. They were just for sleep. Besides, she had a plan. Miss, wait, Pip Fitzimoby always had a plan, whether ha- hustly throwing together, or spun slowly and agonizingly. This had been the latter. This person, this version of who she was, it was only temporary because she had a plan to fix herself, to get her normal life back, and she was working on it right now. The first painful task had been to look inside herself, to trace the fault lines and find the cause, the why. And when she worked it out, she realized just how obvious it had been all along. It was everything she had done this last year. All of it. The two interwined cases that had become her life, her meaning, and they had both been off somehow. Wrong. Twisted. They weren't clear. They weren't clear. There had been too much gray area. Too much ambiguity ambiguity and all meaning had become cloud, clouded and lost. Elliot Ward would sit in prison for the rest of his life. But was he an evil man, a monster? Pip didn't think so. He wasn't the danger. He'd done a terrible thing, several terrible things, but she believed him when he said some of it was done out of love for his daughter, daughters. It wasn't all wrong, and it certainly wasn't all right. It was just there, drifting messily in the middle somewhere. And Max Hastings? Pip gray. Pip saw gray, here at all. Max Hastings was black and white, clear cut, He was the danger. The danger that had outgrown the shadows and now made its home behind an expensive disarming smile. Pip clung to their belief like she would fall off the world if she didn't. Max Hastings was her cornerstone, the upturned mirror by which she defined everything, including herself, but it was meaningless twisted because Max had won, He would never see the inside of a prison cell. The black and white smudged back, back out to gray. Becca Bell still had 15 months left of her custody sentence. Pip wrote a letter to her after Max's trial, and Becca's scrolled, <clears throat> scrolled reply had asked if she wanted to come visit. Pip she'd been there three times now and they spoke on the phone every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Yesterday, they talked about cheese for the full 20 minutes. Becca seemed to be doing okay in there, maybe even close to happy. But did she deserve to be there at all? Did she need to be locked up? Keep away from the rest of the world? No, Becca Bell was a good person. A good person who was thrown into the fire, into the very worst of circumstances. Anyone might have done that, done what she did if pressure was applied to just the right place, to each person's secret breaking point. And if Pip herself could see that, after what she and Becca went through, why couldn't anyone else? And then, of course, came the greatest knot in her chest, Stanley Forbes and Charlie Green. Pip couldn't think about them too long or she would unravel, come apart at the seams. How how could both positions be both wrong and right at the very same time? An impossible coordination that she would never settle. It was her undoing, her fatal flaw. And Hill, she would die and decay on. If that was the case, all these ambiguities, these contract- contractions, these great areas that spread and engulfed, all sense. How could Pip re- rectif- rectify that? How could she cure herself from the ad- after effects? There was only one way, and it was magically and simple. She needed a new case, and now just any case. A case built only from black and white, no gray, no twisting, straight, uncrossable lines between the good and the bad, and right and the wrong. Two sides and a clear plot. running through them for her to tread. That would do it. That would fix her, set things right, save her soul. If she'd believed in those sorts of things, everything could go back to normal. She could go back to normal. It had to be the right case. And here it was, an unknown woman between 20 and 25, found naked and untill until near the hudson river no one had looked for her when she disappeared never claimed so never missed it couldn't have been clearer this woman deserved justice for the things done to her and the man who had done them he could never be anything other than a monster no gray no card no contradictions or confusion Pip could solve this case. Save Dan Doe, but the most important point was that Jan Wait, sorry. Yeah, Jando. But the most important was point was that Joe, Jando would save her. One more case would do it. Put everything right. Just one more. That was the last page of chapter five. This is now the beginning of chapter six. Pip didn't see them until she was standing right on top of them. She might never have seen them if she hadn't stopped to retie the laces on her sneakers. She lifted her foot oh my God, sorry. her foot and stared down. What the there were faint lines drawing in the white chalk right at the foot of the and driveway, where it meant the sidewalk just beyond. They were so faded that maybe they weren't chalk at all. Maybe they were salt marks left behind from the rain. Pip rubbed her eyes. They were scratchy and dried out from staring at her ceiling all night. Even though yesterday evening with Robbie's family had gone well, and her face actually ached from smiling, she hadn't earned back, to earn back to her sleep. There'd been only one place to find it in that forbidden second drawer down. She removed her balled up fist from her eyes and blinked her gaze just as gritty as before, unable to trust her eyes. She bent to swipe at a finger through the nearest line Held it up against the sun to study it. Definitely seemed like chalk. Felt like it too. Between the bubbles, wait. Between the bulbs of her fingers, and the lines themselves, they didn't seem like they could do na- They could be natural. They were too straight, too intentional. Pip tilted her head to look at them from another angle. There seemed to be five distinct distinct figures, a repeating pattern of crossing and intersecting lines. Could they could they be birds maybe? Like how children drew birds from a distance, squashing and smelting candy candy, cotton, ski skis. No, that wasn't right. Too many lines was it some kind of cross yeah it looked like a cross maybe where the longer stem split into two legs near the bottom oh wait she stepped over over them to look from the other side okay where kind of cross yeah it looked like a cross maybe where the longer stem split into two legs near the bottom oh wait she stepped over them to look for from the other side. They could also be little stick people. Those were their legs, the trunks of their bodies crossed through with their overstrained arms. The small line above was their neck, but then nothing. They were headless. So she strained up, either a cross with two legs or a stick figure with no head neither particularly comforting pip didn't think josh had chalk in the house and he wasn't the kind of kid who enjoyed drawing anyway must be one of the neighbor's kids then one with a somewhat morbid imagination although who was she to comment on that pip checked as she walked up thatcher road um thatcher road there were no chalk lines on anyone else's driveway nor on the sidewalk or road nothing out of the ordinary in fact for a sunday morning in fairview other than an in square of duct tape that had been stuck onto the black and white road sign so it now instead read thatcher road Pip shrugged the figures off as she turned on, onto Main Street, chalked it up to the yard, yardly children from six doors down, and anyway, she could see Ravi up ahead, approaching the cafe from the other end. He looked tired, normal tired, his hair ruffled and the sun flashing off his new glasses. He found out over... Out over the summer that he was ever so slightly nearsighted, and you can bet he made as much fuss as he could at the time. Though now he sometimes forgot to even put them on. He he have he hadn't spotted her yet in his own world. Oi! She called from ten feet away, making him jump. He stuck out his bottom lip in exaggerated sadness. Be gentle, he said, I'm delicate this morning. Of course, Ravi's hangovers were the worst hangovers the world had ever seen, near fatal every time. They made it, made it to each other's outside they made it to each other outside the cafe door, Pip's hand finding its home in the crook of Ravi's elbow. And what's this oi we've started? He pressed the question into her forehead. I have an array of beautiful and flattering nicknames for you, and the best you can come up with is oi. Uh, well, Pip said, someone very old and wise once told me that I am entirely without pizzas, so I think you meant very wise and very handsome, actually. Did I? So, he paused to scratch his nose with his sleeve. I think last night went really well. Really, Pip said tentatively. She thought I had to, but she didn't entirely trust herself anymore. He broke into a small laugh, seeing her worried face. You did good. "'Everyone loved you, genuine, genuinely.' Raoul even messaged this morning to say how much he liked you.' "'And,' Ravi lowered his voice, conspiratorily. "'I think even Auntie Zara might have warmed to you.' "'No.' "'Yes,' he said, grinning. "'She scrolled about 20% less than her normal rate, "'so I can call that a raging success.' "'Well, I'll be damned,' Pip said, leaning into the cafe door to push it open, the bell jingling over her head. "'Hi, Jackie,' she called as usual to the woman who owned the cafe, who was currently restocking the sandwich shelves. "'Oh, hello, dear,' Jackie said with a quick glance back, almost losing a brine and bacon roll to the floor. "'Hi, Ravi.' "'Morning,' he said.' a thickness to his voice until he cleared his throat. Jackie freed herself from the package of sandwiches and turned to face them. I think she's out back in a fight with the temperamental, temperamental sandwich toaster. Hold on. She backed up behind the counter and called Kara. Pip spotted the top knot first, bopping atop Kara's head as she walked out from the employee's entrance to the kitchen, wiping her hands on her green apron. Sorry, wiping. I don't know, I just said whooping. (laughs) Wiping her hands on her green apron. Nah, it's still on the fritz, she said to Jackie. Eyes focused on the crusting stain on her apron. Best we can offer are marginally warm marginally warm panties for the time she finally glanced up by springing to pips a smile following her clothes behind miss sweet f a long time no see you saw me yesterday pip replied catching on too late to kara's waggling eyebrows well she should have waggled first then spoken they established these rules long ago. Jackie smiled as though she could read the hesitant conversation happening between their eyes. Well, girls, if it's been a whole day, you probably have a long overdue. Catch up, don't... Wait, catch up, no? She turned to Kara. You can start your break early. Oh, Jackie, Kara said with an overflushed flourished bow. You are too good to me. I know, I know, Jackie waved her off. I'm a saint. Pip, Robbie, what can I get you? Pip ordered a strong coffee. She'd already had two before leaving the house, and her fingers were fast and fidgety. But how else would she make it through the day? Pip pierced his lips, eyeballing the ceiling like this was the hardest decision he'd ever faced. You know, he said, I could be tempted by one of those marginally warm panions Pip rolled her eyes Robbie must have forgotten he was dying of a hangover he had obviously zero willpower in the presence of sandwiches Pip settled at the fair Pip settled at the far table Carol taking the seat beside her shoulders brushing together Kara had never understood the concept of of personal space and yet, sitting here now, Pip was grateful for it. Kara wasn't even supposed to be here anymore in Fairview. Her grandparents had planned to put the Ward's house up for sale at the end of the school year, but minds changed and plans changed. Naomi found a job nearby in Stanford and Kara had decided to take a gap year to go traveling. Working at the cafe to save up money, suddenly taking the Ward sisters out of Fairview was more complicated than leaving them here. So the grandparents went; were back in New Jersey and Kara and Naomi were still here, at least until next year. Now Kara, could, now Kara would be the one left behind when Pip left for Columbia in a few weeks. Pip couldn't believe it would really happen that Fairview would even ever let her get away. She nudged Kara back. So, how's Stefan? She asked Stefan, the new girlfriend. Although, it had been almost two months now, so maybe Pip shouldn't think of her as new anymore. The world moved on, even if she couldn't and Pip liked her. She was good for Kara and made her happy. Mm -hmm. So she's <laughs> so just yeah, she's good. Training for a trail, trail or something because she's actually insane. Oh wait, you'd take her side now, wouldn't you, Miss Runs a lot? Yep, Pip nodded. Definitely team Steph would be a great asset in a zombie apocalypse. So would I, Kara said. So would I, Kara said. Pip pulled a face at her. You would die with within the first half hour of an apoc- ap- apocalypse scenario. Let's be honest. Ravi came over then, placing a tray down, carrying their coffees and his sandwich. He'd already taken a massive bite before bringing it over. Of course. Also, Carol lowered her voice. Big drama here this morning. What? Ravi asked between bites. We suddenly had a bit of a rush, so there was a line. And I was at the register taking orders, and then her voice was a whisper now. Max Hastings came in. Pip's shoulders arched and her jaw tensed. Why was he everywhere? Why couldn't she never get away from him? I know, Kara said, reading Pip's face. And obviously, I wasn't going to serve him, so I told Jackie I'd clean the milk Frother while she dealt with the customers. She took Max's order and then someone else came in. She paused for dramatic effect. Jason Bell. Oh, really? Robbie said. Yeah, he was standing in the line behind Max, and even though I was trying to hide from them, I could see him kind of eyeballing the back of Max's head. Understandably, Pip said. Jason Bell had just as much reason to hate Max Hastings as she did. Whatever the outcome of the trial, Max had drugged, drugged and raped his youngest daughter, Becca. And as hor- horrific and unspeakable unspe- as that was, it was even worse than that. Max, Max's ac- actions were the catalyst for Andy's Belle's death. You might even say a direct cause. Everything came back to Max Hastings when you really thought about it. Becca traumatized, letting Andy die in front of her and covered it up. South Sign died, believed to be Andy's killer. That poor woman in Elliot's ward's attic. Pip's Pips project, her dog, Barney, buried in the backyard. Howie Bowers in prison, sharing whispers about child Brunswick, Charlie Green arriving in town, Layla Mead, Jamie Reynolds missing, Stanley Forbid's dead and blood on Pip's hands. She could trace it all back to Max Hastings, the orig- origin, her Stone, and maybe Jason Bell's too. I mean, yeah, Kara said, but I wasn't expecting the next part. So Jackie handed Max his drink, and as he was turning to walk away, Jason held out his elbow and nudged right into Max, spilling coffee all over, oh, sorry, coffee all down his t-shirt. No, Ravi said, staring at Kara. I know, her whispers strained into an excitable hiss, and then Max was like, Watch where you're going, and shoved him back, and Jason grabbed Max's collar and said, you stay out of my way, or something like that. But anyway, by this point, Jackie had inserted herself between them, and then this other customer escorted Max out of the cafe, and apparently he was going on about, you'll hear from my lawyer or something. Sounds like Max, Pip said, pushing the words back through her gritted teeth. She shivered. The air... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. the air felt different now that she knew he'd been so wait she, she knew he'd been here too stuffy cold tainted Fairview, Fairview was just not big enough for both of them Naomi's been wondering what to do about Max Carol continued so quiet you couldn't even call it a whisper anymore whether she should go to the police, tell them about New Year Year 2014, you know, the hidden run. Even though she'll get in trouble, she's saying at least it will get Max in trouble too, as she was the one driving. Oh, sorry, as he was the one driving. Maybe it's a way of putting him behind bars, at least for a short while, so he, can't hurt anyone else and put an end to this ridiculous lawsuit thing. No, Pip cut across her. Naomi can't go to the police. It wouldn't work. She'll be hurting herself and nothing will happen to him. Max will win again. At least the truth will be out. And Naomi, the truth doesn't matter, Pip said, digging her nails into her thigh. The Pip from last year wouldn't recognize this one today. The livid... Lively-eyed girl and her school project, naively clinging to the truth, wrapping it around herself like a blanket. But the Pip sitting here was a different, a different person, and she knew better. The truth had burned her too many times. It couldn't be trusted. Tell her not to care. She didn't hit that man, and she didn't want to leave him. She was cur- coerced. Cons- of course. Tell her. I promise I will get him. I don't know how, but I will do it. Max will exactly. Max will get exactly what he deserves. Robbie stretched an arm around Pip's shoulder, giving it a gentle squeeze. Or you know, instead of revenge plots, we could focus on on focus our energy on going off to college in a few weeks. He said brightly. You haven't even picked out a new comforter. I'm told, I'm told that's a very important milestone. Pip knew that Ravi and Kara had just flashed each other a look. I'm fine, she said. Kara looked like she was about to say something more, but her eyes drew up as the bell jingled above the cafe door. Pip turned to follow her gaze. If it was Max Hastings, she didn't know what she might do. She, ah, hello, gang, said a voice Pip knew well. Connor Reynolds. She smiled and waved at him. But it wasn't just Connor. Jamie was here, too. Closing the cafe door with another chime of the bell, Pip spotted, oh, sorry, he spotted Pip. A moment later, and a grin split his face wrinkling his freckled nose, freckled, frecklier now after the summer and she would know. She'd spent that entire week he was missing studying photos of his face, searching his eyes for answers. Fancy seeing you guys here, Jamie said, overtaking Connor as he strolled over to their table. He placed a fleeting hand on Pip's shoulder. Hey, how are you doing? Can I get you guys a drink or something? Sometimes Pip saw that same look in Jamie's eyes too. Haunted by Stanley's death and the parts they both played in. It burned burned they would always share. But Jamie hadn't been there when it happened. He didn't have blood on his hands. Not in the same way. Why is it whenever I'm on shift the whole the whole freaking circus turns up? Kara said, "Do you guys think I'm lonely or something?" No, mate, Connor flicked her top. Nut. We think you need the practice. Connor Connor Reynolds, I swear to god if you order one of those ice cream pumpkin muggiara today, I will murder you dead. Kara Jackie called chilling from the behind the counter. Remember, lesson one, we don't threaten to kill customers. Even if they're ordering the most complicated thing just to annoy you, Kara stood up with an exaggerated side eye at Connor. Even then, Kara growled, growled, sorry, calling Connor a basic white B-word. Under her breath, as she made her way toward the counter. One iced pumpkin macchiato coming up, she said with the fakest of enthusiasm. Made with love, I hope, Connor laughed. Kara gl- glowered, glowered, growled, oh my god, growled more like Sprite. Well, as long as it's not spit. So, Jamie said, taking Kara's empty seat. Nat told me about the meditation meeting. Meditation. I think that's what it's called, meditation meeting. Pip nodded. It was eventful. I can't believe he's suing you, Jamie handed Titan into a fist. It's just, it's not fair. You've been through enough. She shrugged. It'll be fine. I'll work it out. Everything always comes back to Max Hastings. He was on everyone's side and every angle, pressing in on her, crushing her, filling her head with the sound of Stanley's cracking ribs. She wiped the blood off her hands and changed the subject. How's paramedic training going? Yeah, it's going well, he nodded, broke broke into a smile. I'm actually really enjoying it. Who would have thought I would ever enjoy hard work? I think Pip's discussion work ethic might be contagious, Ravi said. You should stay back for your own safety. The bell clanged again, and from the sudden wave, Jamie's eyes glowed. Pip knew exactly who just walked in. Nadia Silva stood in the doorway, her silver hair tied up in a small, stubby ponytail. Though most of the hair had made a break from the scrunchie fanning around her long neck, Nat's face lit up as she surveyed the room, rolling up the sleeves of her plaid, plaid shirt. Pip, Nat made a bill line straight. Oh my God! Sorry. Beeline straight for her. She went down and and wrapped wrapped a long arm around Pip's shoulders. Um, hugging her from behind. She smelled like summer. Didn't know you'd be here. How are you? Good, Pip said. Their cheeks pressed together. Nat's skin cold and fresh from the breeze outside. You? Yeah, we're doing good, aren't we? Nat straightened up and walked over to Jamie. He stood up to offer her his chair, pulling over Another one, wait, sorry. Pulling over another for himself. They paused as they collided. Nat's hand pressed to his chest. Hey, you, she said and kissed him quickly. Oh my god, how cute. Hey, you, yourself, Jamie said. What? So cringy. The color rising to his already red cheeks. Pip couldn't help but smile. Watching the two of them together, it was... What was the word? Nice. She supposed something pure, something good, that no one could take away from her. To have no- known each of them at their lowest, and to see how far they'd come, on their own and together. A part of their lives, and they are, and they a part of hers. Sometimes good things did happen in this town paper reminded herself, her gaze catching on Ravi, finding his hand under the table, Jamie's glowing eyes and Nat's fierce smile. Connor and Kara bickering over pumpkin spice. This was what she wanted, wasn't it? Just this normal life. People you could count on your fingers who cared about you as much as you cared about them. The people who would look for you if you disappeared could she bottle bottle this feeling live off it for a while fill herself with something good and ignore the slick of blood on her hands not thinking about the gun in the sound of the cup hitting the table or those dead eyes waiting for her in the darkness of a blink oh too late That was the last page of chapter six. This is chapter seven. Pip couldn't see, sweating, stinging the corners of her eyes. She might have pushed herself a little too hard this time, too fast, like she'd been running away, not just running. At least she hadn't seen Max out this time. She looked for him ahead and over her shoulders, but he never appeared the roads were hers she lowered her headphones to her neck and walked home catching her breath as she passed the empty house next door she turned up her driveway and stopped rubbing her eyes they were still there wait they were still here those chalk figures five little stick people without their heads except no that couldn't be right It had rained yesterday hard and they definitely hadn't been here when Pip left for her run. They hadn't, she swore, and there was something else too. She bent to get a closer look. They had moved. On Sunday morning, they'd been at the intersection between sidewalk and driveway. Now, they have shifted several inches over down the brickwork moving closer to the house. Pip was certain these figures were new. Drawn in the hour she'd been out on her run, she closed her eyes to focus her ears, listening to the white noise, sound of trees dancing in the wind, the high whistle of a bird overheard, and the growling sound of a lawnmower somewhere close by. But she couldn't hear the squeaking sounds of the neighborhood kids. Not one peep. Eyes open and yes, she hadn't imagined them. Five small figures. She should ask her mom if she knew what they were. Maybe they weren't supposed to be headless people. Maybe they were something entirely innocent and her wrung out head was twisting them into something sinister. She straightened up the muscles in her coughs, aching and a sharper sensation in her left ankle. She stretched out her legs and continued toward the house, but she only made it two steps. Her heart picked up, knocking against her ribs against her ribs. There was a grey lump farther along the driveway, near the front door, a feathered grey lump. She knew before she even got close what it was, another dead pigeon. Pip approached it slowly, steps carefully and silent, as though not to wake it, bring it crashing back to life. Her fingers fist with andre- adrenaline, adrenaline, sorry, I can't say that right. As she tw- towered over the pigeon, exclaimed, Expecting to see herself again, reflected in its in its glassy dead eyes, but she wasn't there because there were no dead eyes, because there was no head. A clean tufted stump where it should be, harded, hardly any blood. Pip stared at it, then up at the house and back to the headless pigeon. She took herself back to last Monday morning, peeled away the week, sorting through her memories. There she was, rushing out the door in her small suit, stopping as she caught sight of the dead bird, fixing on its eyes, thinking of Stanley. It had been here, right here, two dead pigeons in exactly the same spot, the same place, and those strange... Shifting chalk figures with arms and legs and no heads. This couldn't be a coincidence, could it? Pip didn't believe in those as the at the best of times. Mom, she called, pushing open the front door. Mom, her voice rebounded down the hall and... Wait, the hall, the echo mocking her. Hi, sweetie, her mom replied, leaning out of the kitchen door doorway a knife in her hands i'm not crying i promise it's these damn onions mom there's a dead pigeon out on the drive pip said keeping her voice low and even another one her her mom's face fell for goodness sake and of course your father's out again so i'm the one who has to do it she sighed right just Right, just let me get this stew on it, and then I'll deal with it. No, no, Pips stammered. Mom, you're not going to get it. There's a dead pigeon in exactly the same place at the one last week. Like, someone put it there on purpose. It sounded ridiculous, even as she said it. Oh, don't be silly, her mom waved her off. It's just one of the neighbor's cats. A cat? Pip shook her head, but it's in the exact, exactly the same. Pl- yes, probably this cat's new favorite killing spot. The Williams have a big tabby cat. I see it in our yard sometimes. Poops in my herb garden. She mimed mim- stabbing it with her knife. This one doesn't have a dead. Huh? The pigeon. Her mom's mouth turned down at the corners well what can i say cats are disgusting do you remember the cat we had before we got barney when you were very small you mean socks pipsa yes socks was a vic vicious little killer brought dead things in the house almost every day mice birds sometimes these great big rabbits would chew their heads off and leave them somewhere from, for me to find. Trails of guts. It was just coming home to a horse show. What are you guys talking about? Josh's voice called from the stairs. Nothing, Pip's mom yelled back. You mind your own business. But this, Pip sighed. Can you just come look? I'm in the middle of dinner, Pip. It will take two seconds. She tilted her head. Please, Ugh, fine. Her mom backtracked to place the knife on the counter. Quietly, though. I don't want Mr. Nosey coming down and getting involved. Who's Mr. Nosy? Josh's small voice followed them out the front door. I'm getting that kid some earplugs. I swear to God, Pip's mom whispered as they walked out onto the drive. Right. Yes, I see it. A headless vision, exactly as I imagined it. Thanks for the preview. It's not just that. Pip grabbed her arm and walked down, walked her down the driveway. She pointed, look, those little chalk figures. They were here a couple days ago, too, near the sidewalk. The rain washed them away, but they're back, and they've moved. They weren't here when I left on my run. Pip's mom bent over, leaning on her knees. She screwed her eyes. You've seen them, right? Pip asked her, doubt, steering in her stomach ache, cold and heavy. Um, yeah, I guess, she said, squinting even harder. There are some faded white lines. Yeah, exactly, said Pip said, relieved. And what do they look like to you? Her mom stepped closer, tipping, tipped her head to look at them from another angle from another angle. I don't know. Maybe it's a tire thread from my car or something. I can drive to a building site today, so there could have been dust or chalk around. No, look harder, Pip said, her voice spiking with irritation. She narrowed her eyes, her own eyes. They couldn't just be tire threads. Couldn't, could they? I don't know, Pip. Maybe it's just from the motor mortar, mortar joints. The what? The lines between the bricks. Her mom blew out a funneled breath, and one of the little figures I all but disappeared. The she strained up, running her hands over her skirt to smooth out the cre- creases. Pip pointed again. You don't see stick people? Five of them? Well, four now thinks like someone has drawn them pip mo- pip's mom shook her head don't look like stick people to me she said they don't have heads pip cut her off exactly oh pip her mom might her with concern the eyebrows slipped slipping up her forehead again they aren't connected i'm sure it's just something." from my tires, or maybe the mail car, carriers truck. She's studying them again. And if someone did draw those, it's probably just the Yardland's kids. That middle one seems a bit, well, you know, she pulled a face. It made sense that her mom was saying, it, what her mom was saying. It was just a cat, of course, just tied threads or a kid's innocent doodle why had her mind jumped so far ahead thinking they must be connected she felt the creep of shame under her skin that she even considered the idea someone had left them both there both here even more shameful that they left her them just for her why would she think that because she was scared of everything now the other side of her brain answered she had a Fight or flight. Heart felt danger pressing in on her. When, when there was nothing, could her gunshots in any? Could hear gunshots in any sound if she wanted to. Scared of the night, but not of the dark. Even scared to look down at her own hands, broken. Are you okay, Sweetie? Her mom handed, had abandoned the chalk figures studying her face instead. Did you get enough sleep last night? Almost none. Yes, plenty, Pip said. You look pale, it's all. The eyebrows stretched even higher. I'm always pale, like a bit of, lost a bit of weight too. Mom, I'm just saying, swe- sweetie, here. She slaughtered her arm through Pip's, leading, leading her back toward the house. I'll get back to dinner and I'll even make tiramisu for dessert, your favorite. But it's a Tuesday, so, her mom smiled. My little girl's going off to college in a few weeks. Let me spoil her while I still have her. Sorry. Uh, Pip gave, yeah, Pip gave her mom's army squeeze back. Thanks. I'll deal with that pigeon in a minute. You don't don't need to worry about it, she said, shutting the front door behind them. I'm not worried about the pigeon, Pip said, though her mom had already moved away back to the kitchen. Pip listened to her clattering around in there, tooting about these industrial-strength onions. I'm not worried about the pigeon, Pip said again quietly, just to herself. She was uh, worried about might have left it there and then worried that she she thought that uh, oh my god sorry and then worried that she thought that at all she turned to the stairs walking up to see josh perched on the top step chin between his hands what pigeon he asked as pip rested her hand on his head navigating around him seriously she muttered maybe i should let you borrow these more often she tapped the headphones cradled around her neck glued them to your head Pip went into her room leaning against the door to close it behind her she freed her arm from the velcro phone holder and then let it drop to the floor she peeled her top off the material clinging to her sweaty sweat sticky skin getting tangled around the headphones they came off together now in a heap on her carpet yeah she should definitely shower before dinner and she glanced at the second door down in her desk maybe just take one to calm her down and settle her spiking heart the blood off her hands and her mind off of headless things her mom was starting to suspect something was wrong pip needed to be good at dinner just like her old self a cap a tire and tire marks those made sense perfect sense what was wrong with her why did she need it to be something bad like she was looking for trouble she held a breath just one more case. Save save Jando and save yourself. That's all I would it would take. And she couldn't be like this anymore. This place inside her own head. She had a plan, just to stick to the plan. Pip quickly checked her phone and a text from Ravi. Would it be weird to have chicken nuggets on top of Pizza? And an email from Roger Turner. Hi Pip, should we have a chat sometime this week? Now you've had a chance to think about the offer from the meditation. But wishes, best wishes, Roger Turner. Pip exhaled. She felt sorry for Roger, but her answer was the same. Over her body, over her dead body. What was the most professional way of saying that? She was about to open the email when a new, sorry when a new notification slotted in beneath another message had come through the form on her website to podcast at gmail.com. The preview read "Who will look for you?" And Pip knew exactly what the full text would say yet again. She opened the message from Annan to delete it. Maybe she could set up some kind of blocker that would send them straight to spam. The message opened and Pip's thumb hovered over the trash icon. Her eyes stopped her just in time. catching one, Catching on one word, she blinked. Read the full... Wait. Read the full, sorry, read the message in full. I was mixing that up, sorry. Who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? P.S. Remember to always kill two birds with one stone. The phone slipped from her hands. My That was the last page of chapter seven. This is beginning of chapter eight. The soft thud of her phone falling to the carpet was the shot of a gun aiming through her chest, echoing five times until her heart captured the sound and carried it on. She stood there for a moment, numb to everything except the vi- violence erupting beneath her skin. Great thunderclaps of shots and cracking bones, this the sucking sound of blood between her fingers, and a scream—hers. The words rupturing at the edge as they threw them. Them sleeves around her head. Charlie, please don't do this. I'm begging you. the The cream walls of her room peeled away, revealing burning and blackened timbers collapsing in on themselves. The abandoned farmhouse res, rescue. Rest corrected in her bedroom, filling her lungs with smoke. Pip closed her eyes and told herself she was here and now. She wasn't there and then, but she couldn't do it. Not alone. She needed help. She sh- staggered through the fire, arms up to shield her eyes. To her desk, fingers fumbling, finding the second drawer on the right. She pulled it out, completely tipped the drawer out. drawer out and the burning floor. Red string unraveled from her paper's fluttering pen scattered tangling in white headphones wires. The cardboard bottom that hid her secrets flipped away and out came the six burner phones falling out of their carefully structured order. Last out was the small clear bag. Pip ripped it open with shaking fingers. How were there so few left already? She tipped out one out one pill and swallowed it dry, her eyes watering as it scraped her throat. She was here and now. Not then and there, here and now. It wasn't blood, it was just sweat. See, wiped it on her leggings and see not then and there here and now but was there but was here and now any better she stared at her phone abandoned on the floor over there killed two birds with one stone two dead pigeons on the driveway one with dead one with dead all seeing eyes and one with none that wasn't a coincidence, was it Maybe it wasn't a cat, maybe it was, maybe, maybe someone really had put them there along with those chalk figures drawing closer and closer. The same someone who was desperate for, for Pip to answer that one question. Who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? Someone who knew where she lived, a stalker? She'd been looking out for trouble and so it had found her no no stop she was doing it again taking things too far seeking danger where maybe there was none kill two birds with one stone it was a very common phrase and she'd been receiving that question from an, an-, an for a long time and nothing had happened to her so far had it she was here she hadn't disappeared she crawled a- along the floor and turned her phone over. The device recognized her face and unlocked. Pip swiped into her emails, clicked into the search bar. She typed in, who will look for you when you're the one, the one dis- who disappears? Plus and none. Seven emails, eight including the one she just got, all from different accounts, all asking her the same question. Pip scrolled up, she'd received the first one on May 8th. The messages started out further apart, getting closer and closer together. Only four days between the final two. May 8th? Pip shook her head. That didn't seem right. She remembered getting the first one earlier than that, around the time Jamie Reynolds had disappeared, and she'd been the one looking for him. That's why the phone... that's why the question had stuck out to her. Oh, wait. It might have been on Twitter. She pressed on the blue icon to open the app. Typing into the advanced search options, she typed in the question again in the field for, their, for this exact phrase and their podcast handle in in the the... sorry her podcast handle in the to these accounts section she pressed the search her eyes spooling along with the loading circle the page filled with the results nine separate tweets sent to her asking her the exact question the most recent from just seven minutes ago with the same ps as the email and as the bottom of the page was the very first time who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? Sent on Sunday, the 26th of April, in response to Pip's tweet announcing the second season of A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, the disappearance of Jamie Reynolds. That was it, the beginning, more than three months ago. That felt so long ago. Now, Jamie had been missing for Only one day, Stanley Forbes was walking around alive without six holes in him. Pip had spoken to him that very day. Charlie Green was just her new neighbor. There'd been no blood on her hands and slept didn't always come easy, but it had some nonetheless Max was on trial and Pip had believed down into the very deepest part of who she was that she would face justice for what he'd done. So many many beginnings on the bright April morning, beginnings that had led her here, led her here. The first steps along the path that had turned on her, twisting around itself until it only led down. But had something else begun on that exact date, too, something that had been growing for months, three months, but growing for three months and was only now re- rearing its head. Who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? Pip pushed to her feet back in her room now, the abandoned farmhouse locked away at the back of her mind. She fell onto her bed, the question, the chalk figures, the two dead birds, could they be connected? Could this be about her? It was tenuous at best, but had there been anything else? Anything she thought strange at the time, but her mind had abandoned it to to change, to a, wait, abandoned it to a chance, oh there had there had been that letter several weeks ago well not even a letter it had been just an envelope pip fitzimobi scribbled on the front in scratchy black ink she remembered thinking there was no address no stamp so someone must have pushed it through the front door but when she opened it dad standing beside her asking whether it was old-fashioned nudes from ravi there been nothing inside at all empty she'd put it in the recycling bin and never thought about it again the mystery letter had been forgotten as soon as another letter had arrived in with her name on it the letter of demand for max Hastings and his lawyer was it possible that envelope had been connected to all this And now she was thinking maybe he'd been some, wait, and maybe she was, oh my God, I'm sorry. And now she was thinking maybe there'd been something else before that. The day of Stanley's Forbes funeral, when the ceremony was over and Pip returned to her car, she found a small boutique of roses tucked inside the driver's side mirror, except Every flower head had been picked off. Red petals stoon, strewn over the gravel below. Red petals strewn over the gravel below. A boutique of thorns and stems. At the time, Pip thought it must have been one of the protesters at the funeral who had disbanded until the police were called. But maybe it wasn't any of the protesters, not Aunt's dad or Mary St. Or Leslie from the stop and shop maybe it had been a gift from the same person who wanted to know who would look for her when she disappeared if it was if these incidents were connected then this had been going on for weeks months even and she hadn't realized but maybe But maybe there was a reason for that. Maybe she was reading too much into everything now. All because of the second dead bird, Pip didn't trust herself and she didn't trust her fear. Only one thing was clear. If these all were from the same person, from dead flowers to dead pigeons, then it was escalating, both in severity but also occurrence. Pip needed to track it somehow, collect all the data points, and see if there were any connections, if she really did have a stalker, or if she was finally losing it. A spreadsheet, she thought, imagining the smirk on Robbie's face, but it would help to see if it all needed layout, neededly laid out help her work out if this was real or only real in the dark place at the back of her head. And if it was real, where it all might lead, what the end game was, Pip made her way across the room to her desk. Stepping over the tipped out contents of the drawer, she would tidy that up later she pulled her laptop open double clicked on google chrome and pulled up a blank tab she typed stalker into the search bar and pressed enter scrolling down the list of results report a stalker on a government website a wikipedia page and cite about types of stalkers inside the mind of a stalker physically physical logic sites and crime status pip clicked on the first result and started to read through it all turning to the fresh page in her notebook she wrote who will look for you when you're the one who disappears underlined in three times she couldn't help but feel the quiet rage embedded in that sinister question she did think about disappearing sometimes running away and leaving pip behind or disappearing inside her own head in those rare moments when her mind was quiet in an absence she could just float in free but what did disappear mean really when it when it came down to it define disappear sometimes people came back from being disappeared Jamie Reynolds was one example, and Isla Jordan, the young woman Elliot Ward, had kept for five years thinking she was someone else. They had undisappeared, but then Pip's mind mind went back to the beginning, back to Andy Bell, to South Sign, to the victims of Scott, the monster of road trust, Brunswick, to Jane Doe, to every true crime podcast and documentary she'd ever lost herself in and in most cases disappear meant dead pip dinner coming file name potential stalker incidents dot xlsx date day since last incident type incident severity scale one through ten Okay, I'm gonna read these since I can't show a picture of it. So, date 4 oh. 26, 2020. Day since last incident, NA. Type online incident, tweet, who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? 5 8, 2020, 12, wait, oh, sorry, date. Then, day since last incident. 12. Type online. Incident, email, and tweet. Same question. Date 5, 17, 2020. Day since last incident. 9. Online. Dead flowers left on car. Oh, sorry. Offline. Dead flowers left on car. Date 5, 31, 2020, four days since last incident, 14, type online. Incident, email, same question. Awesome. For the first, the first, severity scale. The first one, one, second, two. That makes perfect sense. Three, four, and the one I just read, one. Um, date 6-11-2020, uh, day since last incident, 11, online, tweet, same question, uh, severity scale 1-10, 1, date 6-21-2020, day since last incident, 10, type, online, incident, tweet, same question severity scale 1 through 10 1 6 30 20 20 date day since last incident 10 online tweet same question wait i think i said that wrong no yeah it's day since last incident was 9 Type. Offline, incident, empty envelope posted through the door. Address to me, severity scale one through 10, 10, one through 10, four. Seven, date, seven, eight, 2020. Day since last incident, eight. Type online, incident, email, same question. Scale one, seven, 15, 2020, day since last incident, seven, online. Email and Twitter, same question. Scale two, seven, 2020, 20, sorry, 722, 2020, day since last incident, seven, type online, email and tweet, same question, two. 7, 27, 20, 22, uh, day 5, type online, dead pigeon left on driveway with head, scale 7, sorry if I'm the trade, I don't know if it, like it's too long, but imagine it's like the whole chart on, like in your mind, cause... It's like the chart that I'm reading off. 27 2020, day since last incident, zero. Online, email and tweet, same question. Scale three. 731 2020, last incident, four. Online, email and tweet, same question. Scale two. Eight o two, Sorry wait 8 2 2020 2 Offline 5 chalk figures drawn at foot of driveway Headless figures f- Scale 5 8 4 Last incident 2 Offline 5 chalk figures farther up the driveway closer to house Scale 6 8 four, 2020 zero offline wait Days since last incident zero type off offline incident dead pigeon left on driveway without head scale eight eight four twenty twenty 2020 day since last incident zero type online email and tweet same question with added ps remember to always kill Kill two birds with one stone. Scale 5. And she also makes this other chart. Um, it's stays since last incident and severity scale 1 through 10. It has numbers 0, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 going down. And then on the other side of those, this is a left for my left i think and your right and this is opposite side one is no wait at the top is ten nine eight seven six five four three two and one and it's just like lines going up on the scale and the the bottom is may june july and august and that's the last page on chapter 9. So this is chapter I mean sub, sorry chapter 8 and this is chapter 9. There was something stuck to her shoe. Clacking against the sidewalk with every step, the gum gummy pool unbalanced her thread. Wait, her tread. Pip slow to a jog when they then a walk right down to a stop. Wiping her forehead on her sleeve. She raised her leg to ins- inspect the bottom of her sneaker. There was a crinkling piece of duct tape stuck to the middle of her heel. The silver finish on the tape had smeared the dirty gray. Wait, smeared to a dirty gray. Pip must have run over it somewhere on her route, unknowingly picked it up. She pinched her fingers around the f- filthy piece of tape, peeling it off as the tacky side clung clung to the dark sole of her shoe. It came free, leaving little specks of glue white behind. Specks, the specks she could still feel as she picked up her pace and started running again. Great, she hissed to herself, trying to get her breath in order again. In, step, two, three, out. Step two three. She was taking her long routine this evening up and up around Lodgewood long. Fast exhaust exhaust herself, so maybe she wouldn't need to take anything to fall asleep. This plan never worked out. Never had and probably never would. And she believed her own lies even less now. The last two nights had been the worst in any Wait, the worst in a long time. That doubt kept her awake. The niggling, niggling, yeah, might say that wrong. Idea that someone might be out there watching her. Someone who might even be counting down the days until she disappeared. No, stop. She'd come on a run to get away from those thoughts. Pip pushed herself even harder out of the control, rounding the corner too fast. And there he was, on the other side of the road, blue water bottle gripped in one hand, Max Hastings. And just as she saw him, he saw her. Their eyes met only with the width of one road between them as they approached each other. Max slowed his pace, pushing his blonde hair back from his face. Why was he slowing down? Shouldn't he want to get this over and done with, too? The moment they had to pass each other, Pip pushed her legs harder, a pain in her ankle, and their mismatched steps became a kind of music, a chaotic percussion that filled the unknown knowing straight accompanying the high-pitched howl of the wind in the trees, or did that sound come from inside her head? There was a tightening in her chest as her heart outgrew in its cage, unrolling under her skin, filling her with anger, red until it was all behind her eyes. She watched him draw close, and her view shifted to red, the scene speeding up before her. Something takes over, Pulls Pip by the hand across the road, guiding her feet, and as she, and she didn't wait, and that she isn't scared anymore. She is only rage, only red, and this is right. This is a, this is supposed to be. She knows it. She crossed the road in six strides and put. Wait end up onto his side he just he's just feet away when he stops stares at her what are you do he begins to ask she doesn't let him finish pip closed the gap between them and her elbow clashes into max's face she hears a crack but it's but it isn't stanley's rib this time it's max's nose the sound is the same it's all she knows max Bends double, and howls into his hands, and the nose falls crooked on his face. But she isn't finished. Pip rips his hands away and hits him again, slamming her fist in his sharp cheekbones. His blood it slides between her knuckles on her palm, right where it belongs. And still she isn't finished. There's a truck coming, a semi there were there are never trucks that size on this small country lane they wouldn't fit but this one is almost almost here and now is her chance pip grabs max twists her hands into the fabric of his sweater no of his sweat stained top and in that passing moment max's eyes widen in fear and they both know it she has won the truck's horn screams but max doesn't have a chance to pip wait sorry have a chance to pip throws him out into the road in front of the two big trucks and he explodes raining red down on her and she stands there smiling. a car passes in real life and the sound brings her back. The red falls from her eyes and Pip returned to her herself to her and now running down this path Max was over over there on his side of of the road and she here on hers Pip looked down and blinked, trying to shake loose the violence inside her own head if she would if she should be scared of anything it was. Of that, she glanced up again at Max, keeping her eyes on, on him as he regained his speed, water bottle bumping at his side. The moment was coming—the moment they would pass each other, cross paths, overlap. They were still running toward each other, and then it happened—the pass. The split second of cover, coverage and then they were running away from each other. Their backs turned at the end of the lane. Pip checked back over her shoulder. Max was gone and she could breathe a little easier without his steps haunting her. She was getting worse. She couldn't step outside of herself and recognize that. The panic attacks, the pills, the rage so hot it might just burn the world down with it. She was slipping even further from that normal life. She was so desperate to crawl back to to Ravi and her family, her friends, but it would be okay. Because she had a plan for how to get there, to fix everything, save Dando, save herself. But there might be a new obst- obstacle now. She realized as she looped down the far end of the, of that dirt road, past the broken lap post, her usual market to slow down, to slow from the wind down. Walk home. If she really if she really had a stalker, whoever there were, whatever they wanted to do to her, whether it was just to scare her or whether to they really did want her to disappear, they mm-hmm. they were now in her way too. Or maybe it was Pip getting in her own way. What had Epps called it? A self destructive spiral. Maybe there was no stalker maybe there was just her and mm-hmm. and an overspill of violence from the dark place at the back of her head finding danger only because she was looking for it That's when she walked over it on the sidewalk between the yard yardlings house and the Willsmer Willems sorry will yeah Willems her own still in the distance. She caught it as a blur in the corner of her eye, white interesting lines and a large smudge of chalk. But she had to backstep before she realized what it really was. There, uh, oh my God. There across the width of the sidewalk, smeared by her own sneakers, were three large words written in chalk, dead girl walking. Pip's head, wiped around. Sh- w- Pip's head whipped around, she was alone on the street, and the neighborhood was dinner time quiet. She turned back to study the words beneath her feet, dead girl walking. She had been the one to walk over them. Was this for her? It wasn't on her driveway, but it was on her routine, a feeling in her gut, an instinct instinct it was a message for her pip knew it she was the dead girl walking no don't be ridiculous it wasn't even on her drive no don't be ridiculous it wasn't even on her drive it was on a public street this could have been left for anyone but anyone and why was she listening to her instinct anyway they put blood on her hands and a gun in her heart and danger In shadows, when there was nothing there. But part of her felt she wasn't, no, she shouldn't dismiss it either. Torn in two, between Stanley and Charlie, between having a stalker and inventing one herself. Pip struggled with the strap on her arm, releasing her phone. She strained up to take a photo of the words, a silver of her sneaker at the bottom of the frame evidence just in case she didn't know sorry she didn't have one of the chalk figures they'd been gone by the time she finished her shower the other day wiped away by the wheels of her dad's car but she had a photo now another data point for the spreadsheet just in case data was clean Data was clean and it didn't take sides, and if this really were a message for her, this would be assigned a higher number, and eight, maybe a nine. It might even be considered a direct threat. And with that, Pip felt closer to this unknown person who might or might not exist. Felt she understood them a little better. They agreed on something, disappeared, meant, dead. At least they had cleared that up. Up ahead she saw a car turning into her drive. Ravi, her other co- cornerstone. Pip stepped over the chalk words and hurried along the sidewalk. Stepped after step toward home and she couldn't help being what the words wanted her to be. The dead girl walking. But if she sped up she would be running instead. Oh, hello! Ravi's voice found her as she turned onto the drive, lowering her headphones to her neck. He climbed out of his car. Look what, it, look who it is! My sporty girlfriend. He smiled and flexed his arms, chanting, "Sports, sports, sports!" Until he reached, she reached him. You okay? He asked, running his hands around her waist. Good run. Um, well, I saw Max Hastings again, so, no. Ravi grinded his teeth. Another run in? He's still alive? I presume. He said, turning to light. He's still alive, I presume. He said, trying to lighten the mood. Only just, Pip shrugged after that, Ravi could see into her head. See all those violent things that swirled inside it but he should be able to see it, seeing there. He was the person who knew her best. And if he loved her, then she couldn't be it all bad, right? Hey, what's up? He said, oh no, he could definitely tell, but that was good. She reminded herself, she couldn't keep secrets from him. She, wait, he was her person. Except those secrets she was most ashamed of, that one that lived in the second door down in her desk. Um, this was on my route, just down the road. She pulled up the, the photo on her phone and held it out to Ravi. Someone wrote that on the sidewalk in chalk. Dead girl walking, he muttered. And hearing it in someone's, someone else's voice changed the meaning somehow, made her see it differently. Proof that it didn't exist outside of her own head. Do you think this was for you? Connected to the pigeons, he asked. It was on my running reel, right after the point where I normally start walking to cool down before home, she said. It, if someone's been watching me, they would know that. Why would someone be watching her, though? It sounded more ridiculous when she said it out loud. Ravi shook his head. Okay, I really don't like this. It's fine, sorry, I Probably, it's probably nothing to do with me, Pip said, just being stupid. No, you're not, he said, voice hardening. Okay, fine, we don't know for sure if you have a stalker or not, but this tip, this tips it, wait, but this tips it for me. I mean it now, and I know what you're going to say, but I think you should go to the police and uh, they'll do what, Robbie? Nothing as usual. She could feel the anger spiking again. No, not with him control herself. She breathed and swallowed it down. Especially when I don't even know myself. If this is the same person emailing you, the same one who left the chalk on the pigeon and the pigeons, then this person is threatening you, he said, widening his eyes in the way that told her. Wait. Please again. Okay, he said, wide eyed in the way that told her he was serious. They might be dangerous, he paused. It might be Max, another pause, or Charlie Green. I agree. Mm hmm, I agree. <laughs> it wasn't Charlie, could never be Charlie, but Pip had not. Mm, had thought of Max, his face flashing into her mind, when she first read the words. Who else would her, would know her running so well? And if Max hated her as much as she hated him, well then, I know she said. But maybe they aren't connected, and if they are, it might just be something messing with someone messing with me. Her instinct told her that wasn't true, even as she said it. She just wanted to take the worry out of his eyes, bring back the smile, and she didn't want to go back to the police station, anything but that. I guess it all depends, Ravi said, on on whether they just found those dead birds or whether they kill them. There's a world of difference there. I know, she exhaled hoping he would keep his voice down in case Josh could somehow hear a new feeling in her gut. Now that Ravi and instinct were taking the same side against her. She didn't want want this to be real. She preferred the other option, that she was seeing a pattern where there was none. Her brain too fine, Turn to danger because that would soon be fixed along with everything else save jane doe save yourself we shouldn't take the chance ravi ran his thumb across her collarbone you leave for college in a couple of weeks so i think everything will be okay and this probably will probably die down but if it is the latter if this person is dangerous then this is not something you can deal with on your own. You need to report this tomorrow. But I can't. You're my, Pip Fitzamobi, He smiled, brushed the flyaway hairs from her eyes. There's nothing you can't do, even if it's biting your tongue and asking Detective Hawkins for help. Pip growl- growled, dropping her head to roll around her neck. That's the spirit, Ravi said, patting her on the back. Well done. Now can you show me where this chalk was? I want to see it. Okay. Pip turned to lead him away from the house, his hand grabbing her for her fingers, slitting into the gaps between her knuckles. Holding on hand in hand, a boy with dimples in his chins and the dead girl walking. File name. Dead Girl Walking Photo. JPG. So it does have a picture and it's like what it described. It says Dead Girl Walking. And that's the last page. This is the end of the chapter. So I'll be ending it there. And for, I guess I'll read like more tomorrow. But tune in for that.